Hey guys, welcome to Heart to Heart, <laughs> Heart to Heart to Heart. Maybe I should have done the opening. Maybe you should have done the opening. <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to Heart to Heart. I'm Michael Rowan and this is my lovely wife, Stephanie. <laughs> Who's on repeat tonight. Maybe too many bangs or something, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Sorry. We're having a good time. We are so glad that you joined us, as always, right out of the gate. Facebook, share it, put it out there, share it right now, click that button. You can also check it out on YouTube, Roku TV, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Yes, subscribe to them all, like them all, share them all. That's why we're doing this, guys. That's right, right. But we've had an awesome time the last few weeks. Several of you have been messaging, texting uh, with all your questions and saying, you know, these are just some things on my mind if you guys wouldn't mind covering these topics. So we are doing it again. Yes. And uh, right now, if you are on a Facebook, one of our pages, and you have questions, you can type them there or you can inbox us and we may even try to get to them tonight. Tonight, though, we got a lot of relationship questions. Go figure. Um, Folks <laughs> wanting to know about relationships. Relationships. So we're going to try to tackle as many of those as we can tonight. So if you have relationship questions, marriage questions, dating, friendship, all of that kind of stuff, that's what we're going to try to tackle tonight. And we will try to keep up with all of your questions that you send us or type in right now. All right. And I'm going to give you a small disclaimer. Uh, my allergies are kicking my tail. So if I sniffle on you throughout this episode, or especially if you're watching uh, or listening to a podcast, you're going to get lots of sniffles. sniffles. But just, hey, the show must go on. It is that time of year. It's terrible. All right. Do you have one or are you going to start with one from mine? You kick it out. All right. So... Is it normal to argue, and how much is considered normal? Uh, man, this is kind of easy to me. <laughs> is it normal to argue? Of course, absolutely. I don't think you can be in a relationship and not argue. Now, it also depends on what you consider arguing. Like, there's times True. where I'm like, I don't want to argue. And you're like, I'm not, not arguing. arguing. I'm just saying this and that and the other. So, you know, obviously, if you're fighting, voices are raising, you're saying hurtful things, that's fighting. But I think sometimes there's going to be differences of opinion. And so it's absolutely normal. Uh, I'll answer the first part. You can answer the second part. Normal to argue. Well, I mean, I think we should discuss what's how much is too much. Because if you're... If you're fighting or arguing all the time with your spouse or significant other, then you might need to step back um, and reevaluate. If you're dating the person or engaged to the person, or maybe it's a friend, then you may need to reevaluate the relationship you're in and decide if it's healthy for you. However, if you're married, um, then you're in it. And when you're in it, you're in it. And so then you need to find um, ways to communicate better. Um, maybe seek counseling or seek advice from someone. There's great books. There's one called How to Fight Fair. There's ways that you can learn how to communicate where you don't argue as much. We um, are completely different <laughs> in, every, in every way. And, and people think we don't argue, and that's just a false misconception because people see social media and people's lives on social media, which is not completely realistic. No. Social media realistic? It's crazy. <laughs> no, and so we do. We have difference of opinion, but we've just gotten to a point in our communication where it always doesn't have to turn into like an argument or a fight. Um, we can talk about things. We can disagree about things. We can have difference of opinions on things, but we don't always have to let it go to a level that's unhealthy. No, and as you've said to people many times, we do resolve things fairly quickly. 
typically. Um, I would also add to what she's saying is if you fight about the same things over and over and over and over, that's kind of a flag that you need to just, you know, uh, we're going to disagree about new things all the time because yeah. that's life. What's for dinner? We disagree about that. Yeah. But if you're going to constantly fight about the same things and you revisit the same fight over and over and over. Then you know there needs to be a deeper discussion, a deeper um, figuring it out, whether you need to bring someone else in to kind of hear both sides and mediate for you. I mean, there's a lot of relationship counselors out there that can help get to like the root of a problem. Yeah. I'm um, very honest with you when we have fights and stuff like that, you know, uh, I'll say, you know, you could have said that differently, you know, <laughs> said it right before this taping. <laughs> She's like, hey, get out of the way. I need to get this. I was like, well, babe, you could have said, hey, honey, scoot aside for a second and then to grab that. And she just said, no, get out of the way. So I'll tell her, I'll be like, you know, you, you could have phrased it this way. So, and, and that's okay. I, you know, if, if you, if you don't communicate with one another about what bothers you or what causes fights, it will never be resolved. Right. And like, so just for that instance, like I'm one of those people where like, I just say it bluntly. I don't, I'm kind of hard. Like I'm a, I'm a hard coach. I'm a hard, like I just say like what I mean. Like I don't really think about how. So I will try to say stuff a little bit more delicately, I think, than you, yeah. unless I'm mad. And if That's I'm mad. True. If he's mad, woo. Yeah, there's, <laughs> it just goes. There's absolutely no politically correct way I say things if I'm angry. But who But doesn't? like this this little inter- interaction we just had, it could have turned into something worse because I just said something. I was like, "You're in my way. I need I wanted to look here. Get out of my way." And he was like, "Well, you could have said, you know, excuse me." And then me. she you And then said, I could have taken it like, you know, I could have gotten mad and you know, gotten mad at him for correcting me or, you know, Right, and they could have gotten to a level where it didn't need to. But silly, it's just it does you silly pick stuff. your battles yeah. too. Um, you know, we don't need to stay on this all night long. But you know, I even think again today when we got up and um, we were trying to get ready, and I immediately got up and I started doing things. So evidently, I wasn't moving at the pace that she wanted, and she's like, "Let's go." I'm like, "What else do you want me to do?" I'm, you know, and, and remember we. Add a few words, you had a few words, it was it. And we just moved on. Yeah. So, you know, some things are just not worth fighting over. And you got to, what do you always say? Is this really going to matter in a week? Yeah. In a month? It's not going to matter. So let things go. Hope that helps you. All right. You want to tackle one or you want me to? No, let's stay on relational. Okay. How do you guys, meaning us, make finances work? And this comes up in a lot of um, marriages as to like, we see a lot of marriages or at least people that are getting married when you're talking about, you know, how you're going to handle finances because you've got two people coming into a union where they've had their own finances, their own bank accounts, their own credit cards, their own way of paying and their own way of having debt and paying off debt. Um, and they're coming together now and trying to find a way that that works. And so it causes a lot of conflict. It's very important to, when we, you've heard us talk about communication, sex and money many, many times. If you look at any marriage relationship, Probably one of those three things, communication, intimacy, or money, is going to be the root of a lot of of struggle in marriages. And so you've got to learn that. Um, I'll, I'll throw this in. Then you, she handles all of our finances. I'll say that first of all. Uh, you know, I've always related to us being in the kitchen. You know, I was like, hey, I'll go get the groceries, and I'll bring them in, and I'll mix everything. I'll preheat the oven, and I'll batter it, you know, and I'll make this cake. But... I ask her to slice it up and divvy it out wherever it needs to go. I'm not, she's very organized. I'm not. So she's got the list and knows what to pay and when to pay. I don't know how, you, it's like, you're, it's magic what you do. But 
I, I can't do that. I'm just, that's not me. And so, you know. And I, I think you just need to decide as a couple, um, maybe who is better at organization because finances does require a lot of planning and organization and um, responsibility to like pay things on time and budget <laughs> and things like that. We'd I mean, have, people would come knocking on our door, taking us to jail <laughs> if I was paying the bills. But I also believe that there's a role, you know, there's breadwinners and then there's different people that do different things in the marriage. I will say this though, um, some people continue to keep things separate. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is just my opinion. I'm not saying either is right or wrong, but I think when two people get married and they have separate checking accounts and money that the other does not know about, or I've even heard of some dudes like giving his wife an allowance every week. I am not cool with that. Uh, I think when you get married, it's it's a it's a whole together unit, and so. That's and we, thing. I mean, we really try. You know, if it's a purchase that you know, if it's something like, oh, we're out on the road and you need gas or you need, you know, a drink or you're getting food or something like that, we don't call each other and go, "Is it okay if I fill the car no, with gas?" Yeah. So we don't do that. But if like he's out and or I'm out and you know, there's something that's a not a big purchase even, but just something that's just not normal we are courteous enough to at least tell each other, hey, I'm thinking about this, right. is that okay? Or We used to have a certain amount. We don't do we don't that do much amount. anymore. Yeah. But I know, I know, you just know. <laughs> I know if I were to be out on the road and I were to grab something, you know, that I bought for myself, I, I would know whether or not you'd be cool with that, you know, depending on the price. <laughs> so, but, but the question is, though, about how, how do, do you... How do we make our finances work? And so it's a lot of planning. You really um, want to hear the answer, though? <laughs> Most people wouldn't because, again, I want to get too spiritual, but uh, God's first. God is first. We'll have a bill go unpaid before we don't give God what is His. And um, when people ask us, how are we blessed? How, how, do you, how do you financially make it? You know, and, how to th- and, and we tell them that, and, and they don't always want to hear it. Yeah, I have, you know, in your phone you have apps and notes and things like that. So I have a note, um, I think if you're, everybody has a notes app. But So I keep notes and because, you know, he, he gets paid weekly, I get paid daily a lot of times training clients. And so I'll just keep a running tab, you know, and at the end of the day I'll add up what I made that day and then you give on it. That's what you, you tithe on. And so... You give it to you know whatever church ministry you're you're doing all of your giving to, um, and that's just an easy way to make sure you're staying on track. Um, and so I have like notes in my phone. I have like literally I don't delete them. I have like tithe notes that are for like the last ten years in my phone. I can look back and tell you you know where it went, how much it was, um, and that's just the first thing I do every day, and then on a weekly basis. Um, and and after that is when I know what I have left to pay our bills, and then it just comes down to. Um, looking at what's coming, budgeting. Um, you and y'all, know. she does this meticulously. If I were to go out preach somewhere, obviously we have a resource table, you know, and uh, we sell some of our resources and things like that in the ministry. Sometimes people will pay by, you know, like a, a, a cash or a check or credit card or whatever. Well, sometimes someone will say, hey, I want these two sermons, hand me 20 bucks or whatever. And then on the way home, I'm getting through the airport, you know, I'm grabbing some lunch. I might grab that 20. And, and so when we get home to add everything up for the weekend, she'll go, okay, did you spend any money? Because I don't, and I thought, oh, you know, I used 20 bucks to do that. And, oh, well, I needed to know because that's $2. You know, I mean, it's no, that and honestly, specific. I think most people, we're, we actually have a very complicated 
um, income life because it comes in from so many different, you know, like my clients, they can pay like 10 ways, <laughs> you know, so I got to keep track of all of those apps because um, they don't always pay cash. So I've got at the end of the day, like check Venmo, check PayPal, check Cash App, check Facebook Pay, like all of those. I don't get like at the end of two weeks, here's your paycheck. You no, know, and like you guys remember, we're a faith-based ministry. So the amount that we make every week completely depends on where we are, who who feels led in their heart to give to the ministry. So it can, it can really, it can be a lot. It can be not too much. It can be scarily not too much. Someone could be watching heart to heart tonight and say, man, I really feel led to give to Michael and Stephanie, go to microministries.com and uh, click the donate tab. And we wouldn't know about that until it hits. So, you know, you have to be so intentional with your finances and most people aren't. Yeah, they're really not. And there's so many great, um, financial planning, budgeting classes and books and things to learn. So if you're having problems in your finances, then I would really look into um, making one person in your house kind of the head of finances. Um, when multiple people are doing it, it can get um, ugly and complicated and not easy to look at. And so I'm just a high advocate of you know, one person handles keeping track of everything. Um, sitting down as a family, setting a budget is a great way to keep things on track, um, making sure God is first. Um, and then if you're still having problems, seek out some additional help on how to financially plan so that you're not strapped and you're not living, you know, week to week or paycheck to paycheck. Figure out where you can make cuts so that you can actually get ahead and move to the next level. I am not a prosperity preacher in any way, shape, or form, but I will tell you that I don't believe it's God's desire for his children uh, to be in need and to constantly be strapped and to constantly live week to week. And if that is happening to you, either one of two things has happened. Either A, God is not first place in your finances, or B, you have made some decisions that probably were not in God's will for your life, and you got yourself in trouble. And we've all been there. Yeah. So. Absolutely. All right. What's next? Okay. I like this one. This is, we can probably sit here for a while. What Are we allowed to say, this is Jill from Seattle? No, we wouldn't do no, that. No, we wouldn't do that. So no, if you have a question... You can send it and we won't tell your name. But um, there what really are the, isn't a Jill from Seattle. I just made that up. This next question comes from Jill from Seattle. <laughs> what are the challenges of having a step family? So, first of all, there are challenges to having any family. Any family. <laughs> any family. Um, but as most of you guys know, um, we've both been through divorces. Michael has children from his first marriage. So when we got married, I became a stepmom and had stepchildren. You're a stepmom. Yes. So that's one thing we said. Just because the word stepmom or stepdad or stepparent just gets such a bad rap in it's a bad rap in just the world, it's always like the evil stepmom or like it's even in movies and stuff. You're depicted that way. And so I just when we. When we got married and the kids came into my life, I was like, I don't want to be stepmom, but because my name's Steph, it was an easy transition, so I became stepmom. <laughs> <laughs> but you're also you, you're you're accepting whether it's the woman that has children or the man. You know, when you're getting married and moving into a relationship, that stuff needs to be talked about mm -hmm. uh, and processed because uh, you know you're you are. You are assuming and you're you're taking on a relationship with other than the spouse. So the question was, what are the challenges of having a step family? So some things that come to mind are you need to have a healthy relationship with the children's other parent. 
whether that be their mom or their dad on the other side. And that in itself can be challenging depending on their relationship and the right. history of their relationship. And how, that, and how that relationship ended. Yes. And so that's, you know, making just active strives and tons of grace sometimes and and really just trying to look at the well-being of the children and not maybe what your opinion is or what your feelings are or you know there's bitter divorces and bitter breakups where you know the the two people may never want to speak again or some horrible things are said but you have to look at it as you know okay so maybe you guys aren't together now but there's children and you've got to be able to communicate and speak to each other um, kindly because of the children. So that's obviously a challenge, I think, in, in most any step, step parent, step family. Yeah. Is. I think another one would be uh, not, not showing, not, not favoritism, but always taking the side of, you know, the stepchildren or, or vice versa or whatever. I think some people, when they get into a step uh, children's situation, you know, um, you know, your spouse is number one. And a lot of times, even in marriages that have not been through divorce, you know, children come along and then they're, they're shown more attention, they're, they're, they're given more priority than the spouse. And so I think especially in uh, a step family situation, you know, those children are blood to one of the spouses and to the other not. But that doesn't mean they don't love them the same or can't love them just as much, but sometimes it can be you know, okay, well, the, those aren't my kids, you know, or, you know, they're your kids. And so therefore I would handle this situation differently than you would and that kind of thing. And so it's just, it, I think it takes a lot of dedication, love, communication, understanding between the spouses, you know, uh, when dealing with the kids accordingly. Sometimes step people, uh, step people, step people, <laughs> you know, step people, <laughs> those step people. Uh, sometimes the, the, uh, the spouse or the husband or the wife, it's not their children. Sometimes they feel clumsy disciplining the child or, yeah. you know, things yeah, like I was that. totally that way. And I think that it also depends on... No, you wanted to love them and give them gifts and have fun with them. <laughs> but if they did something stupid, you need to go talk to your kids. <laughs> well, and I think that depends on, like, the age at which a step-parent becomes a step-parent. That's you know, the huge. Kids. Because if the children are, like, really young and you're with them all the time then I think that you do take on more of a mothering role or a fathering role, a parenting role, where you are, you know, you're bringing these children up. But if you come in when the kids are older, maybe. And a lot um, of the formative years have already been if established. If they're preteens or teenagers, you know, you're not going to walk in and they're not going to just accept you as this disciplinarian, you know, mom or dad figure. Um, they're already set. They've got mom and dad. And, and how does someone respond when the kid goes, you're not my dad, you're not my mom, you know? And so it can be, it takes So time. for me, when, when we got married, um, gosh, they were kind of, well, Chase was preteen. Yeah. So, you know, older, they, they didn't need another mom per se. They needed a really good role model. And you weren't trying to be that. And I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be um, a good, godly role model, someone they could come to, um, someone they could talk to, uh, not just a friend, but like just a grown, <laughs> a grown woman that they had in their life that would, you know, help them, they could look up to. Um, I think you took on the role very eloquently because you, you, when they would come to you or when they would ask you things, you, you would give them advice and so forth and things like that. Uh, obviously, you've always shown them love. Uh, you've, you've tried to impart 
the things that you felt that you should impart to them. I just want to say when, you know, they needed to be um, told <laughs> told how to behave or told something like, like I would do that too and still do even. Um, but I didn't take on like, I wasn't going to, you know, spank them or, you know, whatever that part of it was. But if I felt like, you know, they needed to make some changes, then I have no problem so we're saying here, if you are the, the step parent, know your boundaries. Know your boundaries and then also communicate with your spouse, whether it be the husband or the wife, you know, uh, in, in how you guys are going to parent those children together. I think the biggest thing is when you're dating someone, especially if you're dating someone who has children and you're thinking about getting married, you have to realize that you're, you know, you may be all in love with a person, but... When there's kids involved, it's such a bigger responsibility. And that if you're not prepared to make that responsibility and make the sacrifice and and the hard times that are inevitably going to come, then that may not be the relationship for you if you're not ready to step into that role. Because when you get married, you marry the person and everything, everything that, that comes with, with them. <laughs> it's not like, hey, I love all this stuff. I don't want this stuff over here. You have to take it all. Yeah. You know, uh, and I did that with you with you know, the whole dog thing. We won't even go there. But, you know, it's just important that you talk about these things. You got to ask hard questions when you're dating. Maybe, uh, maybe you're not a kid type person, you know? Well, if you're dating somebody with seven kids, you know, you might want to reassess whether that relationship could continue on because you're, you're, you're potentially going to marry somebody and then you have seven children. And if that's not your thing, yeah. I don't care how you feel about them. I don't care about your love or how wonderful they are, how <laughs> handsome, how pretty. You got to look at the hard <laughs> statistics of, I could be in for a world of hurt if, you know, Yeah. Uh, you tell me all the time, you know, well, I wish I'd have known it. you really weren't as much a pet person as me, but I've overcome, you've overcome. And that's right. now I'm, I'm sort of, I'm a, a pettish person. All right. Ish, ish. Yes, ish, ish. All right, you want to get one more before we're done tonight? We'll squeeze one more in. Okay. What boundaries do you guys set up to protect your marriage? Ooh. Picked a deep one with just not much time left. Um, this is important in a variety of ways we won't even go into. I'll just say passwords, uh, relationships that are appropriate as opposed to inappropriate, uh, activity when your spouse is not around, things you do and say when they're not around, you know, uh, it, it, all these things add into protecting your marriage because let's face it. It's what and, we do specifically. Right. Uh, I think we're... I'm as open and honest as I can be with you about, you know, uh, I don't know. We, when he, so, um, you know, he's on the road three to four days a week where we're apart. And so, you know, that would freak a lot of people out. But I think with us, some of the things we do to protect is, you know, we just both know if one of us calls or texts, no matter what's going on. I mean, unless he's on stage preaching, like we do our best to answer very fast. Um, we don't let long periods of time go where the other person doesn't at least respond. Um, we do keep in contact um, a lot on the weekends. We let each other know where we are, what we're doing, what's going on, who we're with. Yeah, and, and like we said, we have passwords to everything of each other. And some of um, you might be thinking right now, well, the, you guys not trust each other? It has nothing to do with that. We trust one another incredibly, but it's just out of respect mm -hmm. for making sure that that person is comfortable with. You know, remember, uh, like, I got a weird email or messenger Facebook uh, 
this was years ago, but it was from somebody from my past. <laughs> Literally, immediately handed you the phone and said, once you see this happen, da da da. Steph answered for me and said, "Hey, this is da da da," and just took care of it. So there's there's lots of things that we do. I think to safeguard, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it is just respecting each other um, and trying to put the other one's needs and feelings, you know, first. Like the enemy is just gonna come after you in any marriage, even if you have the best trust ever. Like the enemy is gonna put certain doubts in your head. Sometimes absolutely. he's gonna. Um, you know, make you second guess things. And so I think when you respect each other and you, um, you know, honor each other, then you try to make the other one feel safe. And so you will do anything to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that could have been an entire episode right there, but hopefully that will be a few bullet points to let you guys know. Uh, there is, there should be no secrets. There should be nothing in a relationship unbeknownst to the other. Uh, and that's going to help you safeguard way. Yes. All right. Well, if you guys have any more questions, um, we will be answering them again next week. I don't know how much longer we're going to continue the questions, but we're loving it. We love getting them. We love answering them. Um, it keeps things, it keeps us like, what do you want to know about us? Or what do you want to know advice on? It just keeps it really. What um, hair products that I yeah, use. That's, that's a good one. None. Um, <laughs> as you can, as you can see. <laughs> okay. She hold on. We'll just say this. She literally had the nerve, folks, to say because I did not use quality products. No. That's probably why my hair fell out. No, that's not then what I she said. said no, if you not... want to dodge your hair, so no, I saw pictures of his hair from literally high school through <laughs> like his forties. And then when I saw I'll I need to post this picture on no, social media. When I saw the hairstyles and the hair colors he had, I was like, that is why God your took your hair. Oh, no, God, took, God hair. took it. He was like, I he can't be trusted. He said he can't be responsible <laughs> enough with the hair with that I've given him. So Guys, there's some crazy <laughs> hairstyles. It looked like in sync or something. It was bad. Or like flock of seagulls. Come on, or, we've all been there, people. We not all as much as embarrassing you. photos. Yeah, no. Not as much as you. But I actually look better now, so there's that. There is that. <laughs> Guys, if you feel led to be a part of our 50 Club, a supporter of our ministry, uh, you can do that at michaelroadministries.com. Also, click our schedule page. Mm -hmm. All of our weekly uh, and weekend crusades are on there. And if we're ever in your area, man, come out and join us live. Yes, we would love to see you guys live. Um, again, submit any questions you want. You can email us. You can text to 937-825-0984 if you want to keep questions private. We will not share your identity, I promise. And both of our email addresses are at michaelroeministries.com as well. And you can message us there too. Absolutely. Hey, let us bless you before we end tonight's episode. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. May he cover you with his name, the name of Jesus. Amen. How come you do that like you? It's like, why, one, why are your eyes open when we're doing this? Well, I can't, I'm looking at... So the, am I really the only, like, person, like, every week are my eyes closed and his are open? Is that what is happening here? It's funny, it's almost I'm like, like you're sent, may the Lord bless you I'm, and keep you, may the Lord make his face shine, may be gracious. I was like, what are you giving him, like, bolts of anointing or something? Maybe so, did you guys feel mine better than him? But now I'm serious, you don't shut your eyes when you, like, bless people? No. Huh, all right. Didn't know there was a book of blessing <laughs> etiquette. And anyway. while he's blessing you, he's critiquing me. <laughs> no, I just I was like, what is she giving? It? It's like I'm feeling it. I'm, All right. I'm, 
We hope you're feeling it too. We will see you guys next, next week. week. Heart to heart. See you later.